Welcome once again to The Old Continent, a podcast where we look closer at Europe, its nations and its curiosities. In this episode, we'll go northeast to funny Finland. My name is Emil Stalon Larsen and I will be your host today. Finland is one of the largest countries in Europe, but only has a population of 5.5 million. You probably know Finland as the home country of Nokia, Angry Birds, Sauna, one of the best school systems in the world, and of strange sports disciplines. Who else in Finland competes in wife carrying, mosquito hunting, rubber boot throwing, or air guitar? But Finland is also one of the most patriotic countries in the world. 11% of the Finns believe that Finland is the best country in the world. And according to a Gallup poll, three out of four Finns are willing to fight for their country, the highest number in Europe. But what is it the Finns are ready to fight for? Who are they afraid of? And what makes a nation patriotic? We will try to outline that and more in today's episode of The Old Continent. Finland, unknown soldiers and well-known patriots. Welcome to our show. But first, to understand a bit more about Finland's patriotism, George Inglis will give us a closer look to the young nation's history. A history that was celebrated widely last year as Finland turned 100 years old. Finland celebrated 100 years of independence in 2017. Over 5,000 events were organized not only in Finland, but worldwide. They covered all six continents and over 100 countries. As General Secretary of the Centenary said, the goal of the centenary is to increase the feeling of togetherness in our society and working together will help us to achieve this. The program was built together by Finns, Friends of Finland, international organizations, state and cities, to name just a few. The process was simple. An application form could be filled out online and providing your event fulfilled certain criteria, you were given the go-ahead. This gave rise to a variety of events not only promoting togetherness, but also tackling the future challenges Finland will face. Other events involved representing Finland as it is today and how it is perceived. Finnish independence was proclaimed on the 6th of December 1917, and ever since, the motto, Believing the Impossible, has driven state building and nation formation. Believe in the impossible. We've made it real before. In a land of cold, we made a home that shares its good with all. Trust the impossible. That no this one short here soundbite is accompanied alone. by video portraying students, veterans, farmers and, and people from all walks of life. The very nationalistic language which is used in this clip and in the Centenary website shows the pride of its people as the country has grown. For some, the 6th of December is all about commemorating those lost in World War I and World War II, fighting for Finnish independence. For others, it is a way to celebrate the achievement of the country and a chance to look forward. The centenary celebration balanced these two narratives of the past and of the future of the country. The National Memorial to the Winter War unveiled in Helsinki on the 30th of November 2017, acted as a reminder and an appreciation for the work of veterans and those who took part in the war efforts. 
On the other hand, on the day of independence, multiculturalism was celebrated as a way to highlight the increasingly diverse society. Perhaps most remarkably, the celebrations were not limited to Finland, but celebrated all over the world. Events in Belgrade, Amman, Tel Aviv, Jakarta, to name a few cities, also joined in these celebrations. Accepting and acknowledging a country's history also enables it to move forward. The joint celebrations that took part in Russia was a way for it to explain and acknowledge its history. Finnishness was especially strong in St. Petersburg, where orchestras performed and lectures were given. This piece, Finlandia, composed by Sibelius, would have reverberated around concert halls in Finland and around the world. Sibelius remains Finland's national composer and is a symbol of their nation. And whilst the nation has evolved since he composed this piece in 1899, it very much embodies Finland. Finland, throughout 2017, was able to celebrate the past, the present and future of the country. The considerable efforts put behind these celebrations is surely an indication of the pride and national conviction Finns have for their country. I was in Helsinki last week. Here I visited a few local journalists and asked them what they thought about Finnish patriotism and what some of the key ingredients behind the strong national feelings were. We see ourselves somewhat special and that's Maybe also one of the reasons we feel so patriotic. I feel I feel somehow patriotic, but I'm not like uh, saying that everyone else is bad. But I just think that like Finland is a great country. I think all the Finns feel somewhat patriotic because we're such a small country. We have our geographical position next to Russia. That must affect a bit to the patriotism compared to the other. European countries. But like many of my friends who some of them uh, might be more patriotic, some but like some people never even think about it. But they all think that it's a job for a Finnish man to go to the military service and be, you know, ready like if we need to defend the country, we'll defend the country. I think it has something to do with like national myths and stories about Second World War and how old Finns were ready to stand up for their country. During the Second World War, which is the root of uh, Finnish patriotism, the whole country came together and we fought the Russians, like, and they had like ten, ten times more soldiers coming against us. Uh, we could kind of, you know, keep our independence. Our, our uh, defense mechanism is based on that idea. So, uh, war is part of our history, but I think it's like more getting far from the like, war experience. Many people are proud that we have uh, you know, one of the most safest countries in the world and we have a system that uh, works really well. And uh, people want that to be kind of, I don't know, a safe haven that if people want to come here, so they would be welcome here. Yeah, I think that Finnish patriotism are, is changing and we are more and more proud about uh, peacekeeping and like our school system and like all that uh, good stuff and it's not like traditional patriotism with uh, with war and arms and stuff like that 
we have this saying in Finland that uh, let's meet at the market square, Torilla uh, Tavataan, and which is kind of, it's also a joke, but it's also a true thing that uh, when we you know when Finland is acknowledged uh, globally in in some form, like we tend to be like super I don't know like hyped up about it and like kind of we celebrate it by going to the marketplace and like going crazy. That comes from uh, winning the ice hockey championships. One of the mentioned reasons for the patriotism was the mandatory military subscription, which only still exists in a few European countries today. Bianca Ferrari has looked into Finland's military traditions to help us understand the situation. Finland is one of the last countries in Europe to have obligatory conscription, together with Norway, Switzerland, Austria and Greece. Male citizens over 18 can choose a military service between six months and one year, or a civil service. According to the Finnish Defense Forces, about 80% of Finnish males completed their military service. Since 1995, females can also participate on a voluntary basis. Refusing mandatory conscription can result in up to 173 days in prison, and it is estimated that about 50 conscientious objectors get convicted each year. Finland spends about 1.3% of its GDP for the military, a relatively high percentage when compared to other countries in Europe. This might seem like an anachronistic choice, but you have to remember that the country is located in a complex geopolitical position. It is the only EU country which is not part of NATO, and it shares a very large border with Russia. Since it is not part of any military alliances, Finland relies solely on its forces for protection. Finnish official policy is that the deployment of its military force composed by up to 250,000 individuals at any point constitutes a sufficient deterrent. One of the biggest criticisms towards the military service is that it is sexist, because both males and females can participate, but only men are compelled to do so. Critics also point at Norway's 2015 decision to make military service mandatory for women too. In 2013, a civic initiative was launched to abolish compulsory conscription, but it failed to receive the minimum amount of 50,000 signatures required for consideration. Overall, the military service is considered to be part of Finnish culture, and some people refer to it as a rite of passage for young males. With me in the studio, I have uh, Zacharias. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Bianca has just told us about how the military is in Finland, and you've been doing uh, military service yourself, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct, yeah. Um, most males in Finland do, I think it's about 80% or so. Um, I was 19, uh, did it for one year. I, I went there quite voluntarily, actually. It wasn't fun at the time, but you would do it. Uh, what do people think about the military? It's uh, quite deep-rooted Finnish people shall hold together. I mean, it's not questioned that should we have a military, really. I mean, uh, maybe it's not anywhere, but but if you take the majority of the people, they will say that we need to have conscription because we are such a small country, such a small economy. We can't sort of face the threat of, let's be frank about it, Russia without having conscription. And now you are... Mentioning in yourself, Russia, it is the, I, I the elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. But with having such neighbor just next to you, 
such military power and that you're not a part of NATO. Is there a feeling that Finns have to pull together to defend themselves against Russia, for instance? There is a general feeling that uh, Finland's threat is Russia and Finland has to stick together being a small country, a small nation, small economy. And so when our statistics says that three out of four Finns are ready to defend their country, you're not surprised by that? I'm not at all surprised by that. I would say from my feeling that it would be more. Do you think the compulsory military service adds to this feeling? I'm quite sure that the compulsory uh, military service does that because then you throw in all the guys from age 20, uh, 18, 19, uh, put them into military uh, to be educated and sort of submerged in that culture. Has there been any discussions about what is Finnish nationalism, patriotism in the event of the uh, 100 years of independence? Yeah, it has. Um, it, it was a big discussion uh, that why do we always remember and celebrate the wars that we fought against Russia? And uh, why not everything else that is so well in the country and so so great achievements we've had? And um, what did came out of this discussion? Well, nothing's has, nothing has really changed. So it's still uh, the, the wars and the fight against Russia that binds Finnish people together? That is the single most uh, potent thing there is. Other things that are, of course, on the table are the education system, Nokia, you might know from the past, um, really going from uh, zero to a uh, well-functioning and uh, democratic uh, uh, country in just 100 years. Uh, that's quite impressive uh, in my mind. So it's a combination of all the good things that you've done and combined with your history of war. Those two wars we fought within five years are really the ones that we uh, pick up from those 100 years and they they are celebrated. So kind of the basis of Finnish patriotism and history is those wars. I don't want to say that they are really the basis, but they are um, sticking out from the mass. It's a complex issue, and uh, I don't want to give a picture that it's all about the wars, uh, because it's not. When I think uh, who would fight for Finland in case of war, when I talk to my um, academic young friends, there is a trend that people say that I would just move abroad. And why do you think this trend is happening? I would say that uh, the trend is happening because both because of... Uh, uh, people's self-centrism. Uh, they want to cons- uh, they want to concentrate on their own careers, on themselves, and don't necessarily hold Finland as the only good place to live in. And on the other hand, maybe they don't feel that Finland is really worth their lives. However, it is not only the threat from Russia and the East that is shaping the Finnish political scene. As in most other European countries, the migrant crisis of 2015 turn things upside down on the political stage. Gabriela Nikita has more on this. Finns have never lacked patriotic feelings for their country. This became even more evident when the European refugee crisis of 2015 took the narrative of some activist groups to another level. Finland granted asylum for more than 4,500 seekers in 2016. 
Public uncertainty towards the crisis was an ideal soil for far-right movements to come out to the daylight, voicing the racism, radical nationalist ideas, and strong resistance towards immigrants from war-torn countries. We spoke with Tarja Mankinen, National Coordinator for Preventing Violent Extremism and Head of Development of the Police Department in the Ministry of the Interior of Finland, to have an official input on what is the current situation on the ground. Kind of very nationalistic movements also, but they are not very big. We I know this because we at the moment currently we are tra- there is a research going on in Helsinki University, and the topic of that research is far right organizations in Finland. So according to his preliminary results, it seems that these groups are very small. They make a lot of noise, but in fact they are quite small. And the most dangerous group is the Nordic resistance movement. The Nordic resistance movement is a pan-Nordic neo-Nazi movement with branches in Norway, Finland, and having official recognition as a political party in Sweden. The Finnish resistance movement has been banned in Finland last December as an increasingly violent group and a threat to democratic rule of law. Key points of their official political program are rather unsettling, especially quoting their wish to stop mass immigration, creating Nordic self-sufficient state and expanding the military forces for fighting, quote, against domestic and foreign enemy, unquote. However, the ban was appealed. But as Tarja Mankinen says, it was a clear sign that society does not accept patriotism used for violence and exclusion. Countries have some kind of patriotism, and that's okay. It's it's no not bad thing as such. But we need to have this kind of patriotism that includes all people, and not that kind of patriotism that that excludes part of the population. And that's an important difference. It is quite a different story when nationalist ideas are mixed up with populism in politics. During the election of 2015. True Finns party used their far-right agenda to attract Finnish voters. More populist than ideologically closed European far-right movements, True Finns party successfully marched to the Finnish parliament, joining the coalition as the second most popular party in the country. Who would ever thought of going into coalition with them, you hear journalists ask. The Finnish ethno-nationalism was one of the core narratives of true Finns, including radical, xenophobic, even racist public statements against Sami and Roma people, and especially immigrants. But as Reid Standish, journalist covering Nordic and Baltic countries for Political Europe, says, Finnish nationalism is not something to be found elsewhere in Europe, having its roots in the long struggle against neighbor aggressors throughout the history of the state. However, Finnish way of dealing with populists who shout the loudest seems to be working. After two years in parliament, the true Finns split, with more radical half of the party moving to the opposition and losing the public support, and more moderate half rebranding themselves as blue reform, keeping their spots in the coalition. Public support split together with the party, pushing the extreme Eurosceptic, radical and nationalist rhetoric to the shadows. Nevertheless, as Reid Standish told us, the True Finns party managed to make influence on the parliamentary decisions during their time, 
pushing through the anti-refugee agenda and getting Parliament to lower the quota for 2018. Finland first. Sounds almost too familiar? I think it's normal to have a border control and I want Finland to be normal again. I want border I want border control back and I want to do the politics that will be the results will be good. I don't want open borders that we have terrorists here. In an interview with David McDougall said Laura Hutasari, a rather new face in Finnish politics. Laura Hutasari was one of the most interesting characters of the presidential elections in January 2018 with the familiar slogan, Finland first. Borrowing the rhetoric of Nigel Farage, Marine Le Pen and Donald Trump, Laura Hutasari managed to shift the presidential debates and especially discussion about immigration to the right. However, public opinion was clear. With only 6.9% of votes, radical ideas by Hutasari were pushed back, but not forgotten. Will we see a second rise from the radical right in the parliamentary elections 2019? Even though far-right and far-left ideologies seem to be not welcomed in the government and in public, conversations tend to shift towards immigration, refugees and social policy. Finnish seems not to be easily appealed by radical ideas, both in politics and in everyday lives. The radical patriotism has been rejected, but the fundamentals of Finnish national feelings stems from the same place. To understand the core of Finnish patriotism, instead of turning to the national right, we might have to turn the clock back to 1954 instead. Yelena Malkowski will take us on a little trip to 1954 and back to the present, where we will talk about the unknown soldiers of Finland. You just heard an extract of the newest film adaption of the Finnish novel The Unknown Soldier. This is Finland's most expensive film to date and received great popularity, breaking records already in its opening week. Just five months after its release, the film's box office income has almost doubled its budget of 7 million euros. The Unknown Soldier is based on a novel written by the Finnish author Veino Linna in 1954. It deals with the armed conflict between Finland and the Soviet Union during the Second World War. Closely linked to Linna's own experiences as a soldier in this war, it soon became a bestseller in Finland and a classic in Finnish literature. It was translated into 20 languages and adapted into three films in Finland, the last one as mentioned in 2017. Now we have a Finnish student in the studio who read the novel and watched its newest film adaption. She will tell us a bit more about the story and its impact on Finland's national culture. I'm Telma, and I'm from Finland. I moved to study here in Aarhus. You are familiar with the book and the film The Unknown Soldier. When and why did you read the book? I read The Unknown Soldier, so in Finnish, Tuntematon Sotilas, when I was 15 years old in school because it was mandatory. It's one of those books that every Finnish student has to read at some point. But I really liked it. It's kind of a long book. But at the same time, it depicts the Finnish mindset of soldiers really well. So I enjoyed reading it. So what's the Finnish mindset you're talking about? We have a word in Finnish, sisu, that 
cannot really be translated, but it means something in between courage and not giving up and just going on supporting your own values. And that's something we really needed during the war. How was um, war, uh, this war and the role of Finland depicted in the story? The book Unknown Soldier was really popular when it came out and it created a lot of debates too because it illustrates the war in a non-idealistic manner. It it describes how it's hard to manage there and how it's difficult to kill people and just go on and you really realize the soldiers you're battling against are human too and you still have to kill them and even though they have families they have the same kind of life than you um so why is it still so popular even if it's 60 years old that now even there's a new film that broke the records again for me it was also a surprise that it was so popular and beat like all the records but i think in finnish people the unknown soldier is really connected with our independence that we again uh, were in a war against russia or soviet union in those days and and that we won even though we're a little country and as uh, last year was the 100 years independence of finland it was something that was really on we're still independent going strong even though we're still small but we can manage this new film was slightly criticized that it was a mild and like basic version of a war film and it's only a replication of the old film and it wasn't that important to make it because there's nothing new it but i feel it was important to do it anyway otherwise not that many young people would see the film and remember the story and that's another question if you have to remember it or not but but it's something still really important to Finnish history and culture. So I think the new version was a good thing to do. Why do you think it appears to nationalists so much? Uh, there are many elements that a nationalist would like in any country if they had a same kind of story, because it's a small country and its own soldiers, like pure Finnish soldiers, defending our small country against someone who's a lot bigger. And even though the continuation war was kind of a failure for Finland, in the end we almost lost our independence and it cost a lot for us. But still it's connected with our independence and surviving on our own without a lot of help from neighboring countries. The whole Finland is represented in the book in the manner that the personalities come from all different regions from Finland and they have the common goal. They have different political views on the world and they come from different backgrounds, but they are still fighting there together and they are like a family because we follow the same company for the whole time. So you get to know them and their relations. And so this might appeal to nationalists creating this really Finnish mindset and being together. 
Also, in its more than 60 years of existence, this story has never lost its popularity in Finland. It is deeply embedded in Finnish culture and still a topic of discussion. Even international academic papers are written about it. Marvin Rintella from the Boston College wrote about Vaino Lina and his impact on the Finnish condition. He stresses Lina's question why there is war in the world and writes, quote, Lina eventually found himself embraced by many unlikely friends as the author of a great patriotic novel, end quote. With the newest film adaption, the big budget invested in it and its popularity both among nationalists and critics of war, the 60-year-old story is as topical and controversial as ever. The patriotic feelings are deeply rooted in the Finnish society. Finland seems at times like a utopia, and this is something worth embracing and defending. In the Finns' mentality, The story about the unknown soldiers is central and reflects a society that is ready to stand shoulder by shoulder. So even though the soldiers are unknown, their patriotic feelings are not. That is all for us this time. Thanks again for listening. Give us a like on Facebook and remember to listen to the rest of our episodes. You can find them on iTunes and SoundCloud. We are part of Planet Mundus and Aarhus Digital Radio. My name is Emil Stavlund-Larsen and this is The Old Continent.